The Owner's Box is part of the In The Money Podcast Network. You can always log on to inthemoneypodcast.com where you can follow along. You can subscribe to the free newsletter. And not only do you have the Owner's Box, but also shows such as the Players Podcast, JK Plus One, The Matt Vernier Show, Red Board Rewind, Nick Luck Daily, Talk Racing to Me, In the Ring with Acacia Courtney, and Off Track with Maggie. So lots of great things to listen to. Just head over to inthemoneypodcast.com. Welcome to the Owner's Box. Now, here's Billy Koch and Michelle Yu. Welcome to another fun, thrilling, adventurous, secretive Owner's Box. I'm Billy, <laughs> I'm Billy Koch, the founder and managing partner of Little Red Feather Racing Club. Alongside of me, as always, is the wonderfully talented and extremely busy Michelle Yu. Michelle, I know you are in the heat of derby. You are watching workouts. You are you're on everything. I mean, everybody loves you. Oh, that's so nice. I don't know if that's the case, but I appreciate it anyways. Well, we have been doing this show for about six years now, seven years, five years. Has it been that long? I don't know. I think it's been a really long time. And uh, (laughs) for the first time ever, we have a secret guest today. So if you're listening to this podcast right now, you already know the guest because you've seen it on our Twitter feed and when you go to download it. So you are not a surprise. But Michelle has no idea who is joining us today. Is that true? I have no idea. Yes, that's true. Okay. No idea. You're so not, you're not gonna like have them come on and like try to make me guess by their voice, are you? I you know what? I thought about that, but I think it might be obvious if I do that. Really? Yeah. So I'm not gonna <gasps> I do have that. No idea who this is. I know. It's pretty rad. It's pretty cool. I just said rad. So um, I'm in Ocala at the OBS sale. Things are very strong here. We just finished day one. Uh, uh, came out with Did a big, buy anything? No, I came out with a big zero. Um, was outbid Did many, you sell many times. <laughs> no, we sell one tomorrow at the end of the day, and that's it. Okay. So um, no, no real action today, but it was packed, and the usual suspects were all there. Um, but we're going to get right to three things of note, Michelle, because that's what the people have tuned in to listen to. And we have three pretty good three things of notes today. So sing the song, and let's go. Three things of note. Doo, doo. <laughs> three things of note. Makes me smile every time. Okay, what's, what's, what's number one, Michelle? Okay, so the first thing is that the Apple Blossom was this oh. weekend. We prepared you for the showdown between Swiss Skydiver and Monomoy Girl. But neither one of them won. No. Latruska. 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 Is she like a Russian spy, Latruska? <laughs> Maybe. She, I mean, she, she ran be, uh... awesome. I mean, credit, uh, credit. Yeah, I read Ortiz for a brilliant ride. Uh, my my two cents is when Swiss side of her broke like a shot and kind of and was in front by like two lengths. I think Robbie Alvarado should have just gone. Right? Like, I don't Agreed. know. I don't know what Why he was, was he, doing. Why was he like choking her back and then he had her like down on the inside in between horses? I. I I didn't love that ride at all. I did not. I try not to be critical of jockeys. You know that, Michelle. I, I really try hard, but I thought that was pretty brutal, and I uh, thought he was completely outrode by um, Irad Ortiz, and and uh, to an extent by Florent Giroux, who when uh, Swiss guy ever took back, Giroux just went up on the outside of him and just sat there and never let him out until it was well, I too think late. That they all real, well, at least Florent realized you're not gonna, you can't let that filly get loose on the lead. Right. Right. That's for sure 
he realized that. So he kind of, you know, sent up and away, and that was good. But down along the, the come finish time, I don't know what went awry there. One <laughs> thing for sure is uh, Swiss Skydiver, not Swiss Skydiver, what's her name? Uh, Monomoy Girl has her head like way more upwards and backwards while Latrushka kind of keeps her stretched out. And I think that that definitely helped her. Win. But you know what's funny, Michelle? And we talk about this a lot. Um, and we, I think we brought it up on the show. And congratulations to owners uh, St. George Stable and uh, Fausto Gutierrez. Um, we talk about this a lot. How many times do you see a horse come back? And it's mm-hmm. it's rare. And especially against a champion like like Monomoy Girl. And everybody will say, oh, six pounds makes a difference. She carried six pounds more. But I, I give full credit to to the connections and to Irad and to the Philly, um, or the mayor, I should say. Uh, Latrusco was as game as ever and, and good for them. And it's nice to see it. And I saw a beautiful tweet by Jay Pribman. Give him credit that just said, well, who did she beat? <laughs> Which that I th- was hilarious. I thought it was really, really good. Very smart tweet by my boy Jay Privman, who is uh, who is a genius in his own right. So, um, congratulations to uh, Latruska for beating up on Monomoy Girl and Swiss Skydiver, and that division now becomes a little more wide open. It should be interesting. Next weekend is the Santa Margarita uh, at Santa Anita, which uh, older fillies and mares from the West Coast will do their thing in a grade two. So, should be interesting. Okay, second thing of note, yes. of our three things of note, yes. is Can't wait. the OBS sales oh. are underway. Very, you know what? The Did OB- they have anything expensive sell today? They had a couple. You know, I was running around like crazy, so I haven't really, like, looked too hard at the result sheet. I saw one for eight twenty-five. I think. You know, a bunch in that three and $400,000 range. We liked a horse uh, by Noble Bird. Do you remember Noble Bird? Yeah, I do. So yeah. real quick, the $850,000 horse was bought by Donato for Michael Lund-Peterson, which 99.999% means it's headed to Bob Baffert, and it is a <laughs> gun runner that worked 10 flat. Yes. Uh, he was very nice, very nice colt. Um, yeah, but a Noble Bird sold for 400 I just left. I tried to buy a Midnight Storm, Michelle, that worked, oh. that worked nine and four. And uh, sold for three hundred and ten thousand. Wow! Yes, three hundred and ten thousand. So good for Storm. And if you want to breed to Storm, you know who to call. Travis White. Call him at TaylorMade Stallions right now because Storm is hot. There's a really nice Midnight Storm at Woodford. There's another one at uh, Top Line uh, that I believe they both sell either later today or tomorrow. And uh, he's just he's killing it, and he's he's got a little buzz going, which is. Michelle, you know how tough it is to make a stallion, but when you have a little buzz going and you have your horses that are selling for three and four hundred thousand, um, you have a chance. You know, you want them to go yeah. to big trainers and good trainers that win races, and I think uh, Midnight Storm has a chance. So definitely reach out to uh, TaylorMade Stallions, who also is a sponsor of our show. Excellent. Okay. Okay, and then the third thing of note is. Uh, Rock Your World is getting a lot of buzz for the Kentucky Derby, and he will have a different pilot than he had winning the Santa Anita Derby. Yes, uh, Joel Rosario takes over for Umberto Raspoli, for John Sadler, uh, Costa Hronis, the owner, and uh, Michael Talia. Uh, this was, I, I assume, and I have not talked to Costa, even though he was on our show a couple weeks ago, but I did some reading. Um, this was obviously a very tough decision. <clears throat> Excuse me, Michelle. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, but Rosario has won so many big races for them that there are times where you just have to make these tough decisions in this game. Uh, Rispoli did a great job in the San Anita Derby. Tremendous. But 
Rosario's their guy, and he's the Sadler guy. So I struggle with this because I'm a karma guy, but I understand the decision. I said that, actually. I was like, oh, you know, people like Rock Your World might be upset. There might be some bad karma coming their way. Yeah. But, I mean, what would you have done? Uh, well, okay, like John Sadler straight up said on the radio show that I heard him on, um, I'm pretty sure that I have won more races with Joel Rosario than he has won with any other trainer. And then he said, I'd like someone to look that up. I don't know if anyone has or not. I haven't seen, but... You know, when you have that kind of um, comfort with someone, I guess that you do want to ride them. And the someone else pointed out on social media, like when it was Umberto's first grade one, I think, or first grade, whatever it was. And John was like, oh, was it? That's nice. It's like, okay, so he, you know, it was great that that horse carried him to that. And he was like happy for Umberto. But that just goes to show you the difference in the relationship, right? Like, right. oh, that was nice. He won a grade one. But John didn't even know he hadn't won one at the time when he's, literally said he's put Joel on more winners than any other trainer. Exactly. So I get it. It sucks for Umby, you know, to get there with a horse, but it's not like we haven't seen it time and time and time again. Yeah, and, you know, I've learned something recently too. I mean, there is, there are times where you are going to hurt people people's feelings in this game. You're just going to, and mm-hmm. you try to do the right thing, but this is a business, and um, I and I get it, and I understand their decision. I, I do. I feel the same way as you. I feel really bad for Umberto Raspoli, who's become a good friend of mine. Um, and uh, but I, I get it, and I guess that's all that needs to be said. Um, I will say too the fact that it is uh, Rosario makes a difference, in my opinion, because if it was. Robbie Alvarado. They're they're picking up Mike Smith just because, you know what I mean? Right. Like, okay, that's kind of sucky. You know, he doesn't ride for you all that often. You're just taking a big name rider. Right. I think the established relationship here is the difference maker. I agree. I agree. That's a very valid and strong point, Michelle. Um, Okay. All right, so here's what we're going to do. I'm going to get the uh, surprise guest on. And then okay. I'm going to bring you back on. Now, what? So, how should I play this? Like, let's. We're doing it live. I mean, how should I play it? That you need to get you get ten questions to guess. <laughs> I think sure? we should do that. I think the people would like that. The surprise okay. guest knows that you don't know. Okay. 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 So I'll bring him on, and I oh, will it's a guy. just. It's a guy. Okay. It's a guy, and I will present him. I'm not going to say anything. I'm going to say, Michelle, we have our surprise guest on the line. And um, I'm just going to roll the tape and see how it plays out, okay? All right. All right, we'll be right back. We're back here on the owner's box, and we have a very surprised guest. This is the truth. Michelle, you does not know who she is speaking to. Michelle, you can ask the surprise guest any question you want. Have you been on the show before? Nope. Um... (laughs) I already love this. Do you have something to do with 420? Nope. <laughs> 420? No. Yeah, because you were like all pleased about the date. Oh, that was the like only date. That was the only like date. He's a weed salesman. No, that was the only date he could make it. Oh, okay. I didn't know. I didn't know. Keep going. Keep going. The audience right now has got to be dying. Do you have over five horses? Yep. <laughs> oh my gosh <laughs> can you speak more than half a no um, no that's okay, the whole okay, point okay no um come on uh, michelle come on what, michelle what 
What trainer do you use? Oh, good one. Many. 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 That's a great answer. Many. True. Michelle, do you need my help? Um, yeah. Um, he has he has a lot of horses, Michelle. A lot. A lot of yes. horses. A lot. a lot and he has very he has silks that you probably love they're very recognizable and he's never oh. been on what you should what do your silks look like interesting <laughs> <laughs> i think if he said the silk color michelle you might get it right away okay what are your silk colors no you can't you can't ask that no, he already okay. said interesting oh, okay, no okay. no um Let's see. Do you come to the races at Santa Anita? Yep. Oh, yeah. Do I talk to you? Yep. <laughs> oh, my gosh. The one word answer is killing me. We, we talk. I have no idea. Okay, Michelle, if there was one guest that you've always wanted to come on the show but could never get, who is it? Oh, my God, it's Gary Barber. Yeah! <laughs> <laughs> I, I had to go. Billy was training me on my, uh, if I if I spoke too, too much, then uh, you'd guess it too quickly. So he was oh. training me on one word answer. Oh my gosh, I'm so excited. I've like blushed right now. I knew you would be. Gary Barber joining us here on the Owner's Box, one of the biggest owners in the world, I would say, and, and a longtime friend of mine, even from way back in the day in the, in the movie business. Uh, first of all, thanks, Gary. We know, we know you're very busy, and, and, and this was really a treat for us. Oh, no problem. I'm glad to be on and finally uh, met my obligation with, with Michelle promising her I will do it one day. <laughs> and uh, thanks to you guys for being such great ambassadors to the sport that we all love. Well, I appreciate that. We're trying. Let's, you know, before we get, we have so much to talk about, and I know we're, we're limited on time, so we will go quickly. But, Gary, just so the people know, like, how, how did you first start in, in horse ownership? Was it way back as a, as a kid, or, or was it more during your uh, movie days? No, no, no. It wasn't as a kid. Uh, my interest in horses was as a kid, but uh, I did not have the disposable income until, like, the mid-'90s when I uh, start, started in the, in the claiming ranks and getting a few horses and then building from there. Uh, originally from South Africa, came here in 1982, uh, but would always go to the track, the local track called Turfantine in, in South Africa. Oh, yeah. that's cool. And, and so you were going there when you came here in 82, you started in the claiming ranks, and that's interesting because um, it's a. It, we always talk on the show, Michelle and I bring it up all the time, that claiming is a great way to get in. How did that benefit you, and what did you learn about the claim about horse racing just from the claiming game? Well, it was the the easiest way to get your feet wet because you could actually see the the numbers. And, you know, I, I like looking at the analytics of it all. And so this was an opportunity to get in at a relatively uh, cheap price so that you can, you know, get your feet wet and, you know, meet the people. And, and one of my early trainers turned into, and is now a friend, is uh, Janine Tahari, where I had my first grade one victory. Oh, which horse was that? I don't even remember. I'm, I'm embarrassed. The, the deputy. Yes, we were just oh, talking the about the deputy. Yeah, yeah. 
Yeah, we just rescued him, uh, me and Barry Owen and Janine. Uh, he landed up in a, unbeknownst to any of us, you know, I, after his three-year-old season, actually he never ran again after the Derby, but uh, we then sold him off to stud and he had a, an okay stud career in the, in the Midwest and had lost touch to him, you know, after 21 years. And then uh, Janine called me panicked on a Sunday night and we, uh, we went into action and got him and uh, he's going to live out his pasture in Texas and all is good. That's amazing. When, when, you were, when you were using the analytics for claiming and then you were able, once your career started to blossom, you say you had the disposable income to get involved. What, what steps did you take at that point to uh, you know, kind of pave the way to the owner you are now? Well, firstly, you have to be willing to really have a portfolio approach, but also an approach that says, I'm putting this money in, uh, I expect to make money, I wanna make money, but it's very unlikely that you'll get a good return on your investment. So this has to be something that you're willing to look at it and say, I could lose it all. And uh, you better get enough enjoyment out of it, a lot of passion, because there are, as you know, highs and lows in this business. But when you have that that high, it, it really wipes out a lot of the lows. So it's almost like you know a correlation to my movie business. You know, you have a portfolio approach, and if you can hit two or three out of ten, three out of ten, you're like an all star. Uh, and the good ones pay for the many, many bad ones. Um, so I, I've just established more of a portfolio approach. But as I've got, you know, more into the into the sport, I've gone to every avenue of the sport from the very early days in breeding to mm-hmm. you know continue to claim and continue to you know. Today was the first day of the sale. I know Billy. I think you're there. I am here. A few today. Did you buy some? And, oh, and good. I did. I did. And I have. And then I have a, a few stallions out there. I have three current stallions that uh, two of them are actually own a majority interest though. And so, and uh, you know, have a few mares and. Uh, but I have a philosophy of 70, 70 to seventy-five percent of my. My stock is mostly in fillies where I believe there's a residual value. So I do try and uh, make this a uh, my second job. You know, I have a day job, but this is my, <laughs> you know, my passion and, and I consider this as a business. Uh, but where I get a lot of enjoyment, meet a lot of great people. Uh, I spend a lot of time with my family uh, on it. Um, watch a lot of races and uh, travel the world. Around. You have, like you said, you, you've diversified your portfolio. Which part do you like the best? Do you like the breeding? Do you like the claiming? Do you like just having a really great horse? Do you have a favorite aspect of it? I don't, but I really do try and make money from it. Uh, <laughs> my favorite thing is whoever gives me the, a, I think attending the races is definitely the ultimate. When you can go to the track and, you know, it's the anticipation before the race. You're mm-hmm. getting the racing form. You're getting the rags and the paragraphs. You're going through, you know, now they have sparrow manager. They've got all these different um, kind of services that you can look at. But the anticipation of the race, and, and I would say, you know, nine times out of ten, it's always the anticipation is a lot better than the actual result. <laughs> but when you get the right result, it's uh, it's a beautiful thing. I mean, it's just that rush and, you know, I've, 
uh, I've been involved in a lot of competitive sports. I've played myself uh, at a high level, and there's nothing like this. And you're at the top of the stretch, your horse is coming down, and you're uh, you're you're going crazy trying to root him home or her home, and you either get beat by nose, you win easy. I mean, there's just so many emotions that go on, but. Most important is to make sure that you have fun with it and don't let the lows drag you down too low and the highs take you too high. Gary, um, I've always been fascinated because you're the type of owner that has multiple Breeders' Cup wins and you won the Preakness and War of Will and all this, but I still see you run maiden claimers for $5,000 at Golden Gate. I mean, do they all still give you the same thrill? 100%. And, you know, wherever I am, I try and you know, catch them wherever I am in the world, even if it's two, three in the morning, and it doesn't matter if it's a 5,000 claim or if it's a million dollar race, I will try and watch it and arrange my schedule around it, or I'll figure out a way, uh, you know, unless I'm in a board meeting and something big, then I won't. (laughs) Uh, Oh, I'm sure you've stepped out of board meetings. Let's be honest. (laughs) But uh, all is good, you know, it's, it's been a, for me, it's, it's a great passion uh, it's a business slash hobby and uh, it's it's been a remarkable few years when you first got into ownership did you anticipate it growing to the level that you're at right now absolutely not <laughs> uh, I, and, and i keep saying every year to to my wife to my brother to my family that I'm going to cut down by 50% next year. And then I come to next year, and they're, where am I? Nowhere near. And, I haven't, and I've grown. And so it's like, I don't know. You know, it's, you become, in a good way, addicted to it. And mm-hmm. so it's, uh, it gives so many joyous moments. Uh, I love getting up. I mean, I'm, up, I'm an early riser, so I'm on the phone with all the trainers early in the morning. I'm looking at the PPs, I'm looking at the sheets, I'm, I'm looking at the breeding opportunities. And, uh, you know, I I do have horses in, in the UK, in Ireland, in South Africa, in Australia. So it's nice to just check on the stock all over. Gary, do you find yourself as a very controlling owner in all these aspects? Like, are you calling and, and setting up all the readings? Or do you have, like, people that run each division and you just supervise? It's me me and myself. And, no, my, my nephew, Darren, is he takes care of all the books. Mm-hmm. But I'm involved in – I'm not a control freak. I, people call me a control freak. I don't think of, of it as <laughs> – as but I'm, I mean, like, if I want to run I'm your horse, are you telling me yes or no? <laughs> What's that? Like, if, if we want to run a horse, are you like, are you like, okay, the horse has to run here, here, or here? Or is it just like, hey, Gary, your uh, horse is in today? No, 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 no. I'm, <laughs> I look at the condition books, I look, and uh, there's no way they'll say he's running uh, without my knowing or approving it. Um, I have an assistant who used to take care of all the papers but now it's digital certificates so that's easy and mm-hmm. um but i definitely participate in every single aspect of it and uh, you know i, I manage it closely because you know, I, I don't do it because i'm a control freak i say i do it because i'm passionate about it i love doing it sure right. if i didn't like doing it i wouldn't do it so it's so easy to do it and, and i do spend a lot of time before my day job starts early in the morning and on my walks and when i'm exercising i'm 
I'm always listening to different uh, aspects of the game and I always try to learn because I know every day I learn something new. That's a great theory. Gary Barber joining us here on the Owner's Box. Um, is it okay to call you just Cecil's brother or is that not okay? <laughs> <laughs> you know, he, as he, he always says, yeah, he taught me everything I know about everything he knows. <laughs> if you, he's but, quite a character. Yeah, yeah no, we have, we have, he is a character. We love uh, doing it. Unfortunately, he doesn't travel with me anymore because he wasn't on a plane, but we, uh, me and Darren, his son, uh, I'm very close with him and, and my kids, and, you know, we, we love going to trips. And unfortunately, last year, I wasn't able to be all affected two years ago now. To be at the Preakness, I had to go, you know, do a, a speaking engagement at, on my day job oh. on that day in, in in Paris. So it was, oh, it was terrible. Oh, oh a speaking but, engagement in Paris but, on my day job. <laughs> <laughs> but I, at 2 o'clock in the morning, I'm like screaming like crazy, waking up the whole hotel uh, when, when, the, when World War won that race. That's amazing. Gary, what's yeah, your favorite race that you've won? I mean, like you said, you have horses in 17 countries right now. Uh, was that the, the well, top? Was one of exactly. your winner's cups? Yeah, uh, there have been so many great moments, highlighted moments. Hard to say. Uh, I mean, I've just loved uh, when I was when Wonder Goddard won the Queen's Plate and when Lexi Liu won the Queen's Plate for the first time, when Catcher Glimpse won my first Breeders' Cup. Uh, Tourist one. I mean, this thing and War of Will has just been, you know, I, I, when I named the horse and it was, it came out of a very intense negotiation and the horse was by Wolf Hunt. And so it has a lot of meaning to me. And when it turned out to be such a great horse, it's just great karma all around that horse. Well, oh, that's, that. that's part of Michelle's favorite thing. So go into it, Michelle, because naming the yeah. horses, we talk about this a lot mm -hmm. uh, on the show. And tell us a little bit about when you said it's a negotiation. How does something like that go down, Gary? Well, I had a very intense uh, business negotiation where I would not give in. And I was actually sitting at the Belmont in 2000 and. 18 with a friend of mine and partner at a motel and uh, uh, this thing was closing my lawyers are all calling me you gotta close take it accept it and i would not move an inch <laughs> and, and i just so we walked away from it we went for dinner and the guy said are you nuts and my lawyers calling me everyone's calling me my wife's calling me say i said no this is it becomes a point in principle and I got a call while we uh, while I'm eating uh, and said, okay, they've accepted. And I said, I'm naming this horse World Oil. There you <laughs> go. That that's awesome. So, okay, was, Gary. It, when, that's amazing. Yep. Great story. Gary, when you yep. when you have all yeah, when you, you ha your names I feel like have no common theme. It seems that you just name according to whatever's on top of your head, like with War of Will or what's going on right, in your life. Right. So, but do you yeah. have like a like? Do you think some of these names sound faster than others, or do you're just like, oh, <laughs> I like that name right now; it's good. Yeah, yeah, nothing about faster, but I do try and connect some of the breeding. Okay. I also connect some of my feeling at, at, at the particular point in time, and I do like to. I have a few names on reserve. There's there's one horse that's uh, a pretty. I have a lot of high hopes, so I, I, I named it uh, 
a after a, a basketball player that I love to go and watch every every year I watch you know Kobe Bryant and so I named it after him and it's a two-year-old and I think it's it's gonna be it's is it in right California now, so, so I know not to run against no, it no no it's not in California but it's very <laughs> promise but I also have you know I named last year a very fast uh, two-year-old uh, who's actually going to be four this year. I, I keep like this last year is like a blur. It's yes. Like does that. We did that. Uh, Jack and Noah after my uh, twin grandsons. Mm-hmm. So he's a fast and he's coming back and I hope to have him in the Breeders' Cup sprint on turf at Del Mar. Um, so they go, they they run the gamut. I, I, uh, it depends on what's happening in in the world. Like I have a, I haven't named it yet, but I. I love Mookie Betts from the Dodgers, so I have a, a name on reserve called Bet on Mookie. Oh, I like that. For the I did, did you see his catch the other night I, that saved the Padre game? What a catch. Unbelievable. That was amazing. Unbelievable. He's an amazing, amazing yeah. player. All right, Michelle has like great, great. Michelle has some, some bullet got, like, point questions. questions. Yeah, yeah, ready? Just okay. go for it, Michelle. Go, go. Your favorite horse? Wolfwell. Your goal race to win worldwide? Hmm. Probably the Derby, yeah. Okay. Your favorite track, and this is going to be two-part. One is worldwide, and the other one is going to be Del Mar versus Saratoga. Del Mar? Del Mar versus <laughs> Saratoga. You yes. said Del Mar? He said Del Mar. Oh, yes. I'm taking Del Mar. Thank I you, Gary. Saratoga, but I, lo- I love Del Mar. Thank you, Gary. Uh, the favorite track in the world... I would, I gotta tell you, it's it's the great race place. Oh, wow. yes. I just love San Anita. I mean, with the San Gabriel's in the background, I've had a lot of success there. And it's, maybe it's the hometown track, but it, it's it's incredible. Uh, Gary uh, Gary Barber here joining us in the owner's box. Let me, I'm gonna ask a, a little bit of a tougher question than, than the bullet points, sure. Gary. Where, where is our game going? You're extremely passionate. As you know, Michelle and I are two of the most passionate people. We love this sport. We have dedicated our lives to this sport. But there's there's so much divisiveness. It's a little bit like our country right now, whether it's the Lasix rule or the whip rule or what we're doing. How do we I'm going to it's more of a, a global question, but how do we make our sport better? Well, I think number one, um, we really have to get together, and I'm glad that Hisa came through. But I think we really have to, as a community, come together. Like when, when there was trouble in the community, when we had that terrible fire, I felt so good about the community because they done insanity. Like everyone came together and worked in a cohesive unit, and mm-hmm. you saw what was able to get done very quickly, and everyone didn't care whose horse, what it was. I think we have to realize for the better of the game that if we all clean up the the sport, we'll all be better off. Yes, there's always gonna be outliers who, who go and, and try and you know try and gain the system. This is not we have to be a lot harder on enforcement. We gotta have a lot stronger penalties and we gotta have a lot more of a group of cohesive people who work together. I think there are too many people who follow their own agendas and not for the whole good of the sport. So what we have to do 
is really clean up our act. And now they, in Europe, they try and do it a little better, but it's clear that you can't take 20 or 30,000 claimers and, and turn them from, let's say, from top trainers, whether it's Chad Brown or Todd Fletcher on the East Coast, and turn them into, into stakes winners. Now, maybe they've improved in that, but clearly when Jason Service and, and, and that whole escapade was happening, it was clear to everyone who was a host player, if you look at the sheets, the sheets went, and the sheets don't lie. It was just not possible. So I'm so glad that that happened. I hope we clean it up more. I have a, you know, we have a zero tolerance kind of attitude to this. Look, there's always going to be minor infringements and things happen and there's contamination in that. But when there's a systematic attempt to gain the system, we got to weed that out. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's very important. Otherwise, as a as a as a industry, and we will lose out. And so, it's really important that uh, this happens. Uh, so that my my whole you know goal in joining HESA and in when I when the jockey club invited me in, I took it in in the hopes that we can have a you know clean up the game more and more it's never going to be foolproof never and it's very difficult to do that but i'm encouraged by you know some of the actions that have been taken uh i think the one big debate and i'm not a i don't think i'm well uh, attuned to really opining on it but lasix continues to be a a questionable thing you hate to see a horse bleed through the nose and then there's a lot of people who who believe it's helps the horse to modulate against this bleeding and so you know is it a performance enhancer i i'm not a vet and i'm not a you know qualified enough to talk about it but i do think it seems to be the only racing let's say day racing drug that that has supportable evidence to keep so that the horses don't get hurt i mean that's the key aspect you know, horse comes first, and that's the bottom line. And uh, we should all try and do that. Uh, and so, oh no, I, I, I think we need a market to go ahead. Sorry. No, no, no. I'm I'm sorry to interrupt. Keep going. No, I wanted to, and I think we need to change the way we market our sport. And the only way to to really improve that is to get younger people interested, but to clean up the game. The game still needs to be cleaned up. Makes a lot of sense. Gary Barber joining us here on the Owner's Box. I appreciate all of those sentiments. Um, let, I just want to go back real quick, and we have a, a couple more minutes because you talked about that you bought a couple sales horses today. Um, were you involved, uh, or do you just get a call from bloodstock agents and trainers that have been on the grounds, or are you a, a, a guy that wor- are you watching all the works and getting involved in pedigrees? Uh, all of the above. Yeah. So- <laughs> I have a couple of uh, trainers, uh, mainly East Coast and West Coast, who do all the scouting uh, and they look at, at all the horses. So I, I use mostly, mostly trainers. I don't use bloodstock agents. On occasion, I do use bloodstock agents to make a purchase sure. or to identify something. But I rely on my trainers because they there every day. They see the horses. Um, and so my game has evolved. Uh, but many times bloodstock agents are involved in my 
private purchases. I sure. do a lot of buying of horses that have already run because I think you rather than the, the sales, you actually can see their performance and how they act under those, let's say, competitive conditions. Yeah, that makes no. It makes a lot of sense, absolutely. And we've seen some of your uh, great private purchases. I want to ask one other question because, as you know, obviously, I am in a uh, I am in a partnership of uh, a public partnership. But lately, it seems there's a trend of single owners getting together and forming partnerships. Some of these horses, uh, whether it's Windstar and China Horse Club or or Barber and Watchall, or that wasn't always the case. Do you think that trend is going to keep going? I think definitely as as prices for the, let's call it those derby prospects or those mm-hmm. classic distance prospects, as the prices rise to, let's, you know, numbers that are in the stratosphere, people want to be able to have the portfolio approach and buy into a few of them so that they can minimize their risk. This is no different than, you know, allocating your assets in a certain way. Uh, you know, unless you've got unlimited, you know, assets to, to spend on it, this is a way you can get the same amount of enjoyment, you'll own a little less, but you'll be able to to reduce the risk or spread the risk, as as, as we say. Uh, so I do see that continuing, and you've seen that a lot. I don't have any formal partnerships at all. I don't, you know, like say, okay, here's uh, a pot of money, let's go and buy five or 10 horses. Sure. Uh, each one is individual. We look at them. Uh, I have a big contingent on the East Coast and a big contingent on the West Coast, and that's where I conduct most of my business. But I do look at it all. They, they present it to me. They identify it for me. And, you know, we watch so many races, and like two minutes after a race, we'll say, okay, we got to go buy that one. So we, we're on to That's when we use Black Flock Asia, you know, I've used a lot of them, uh, you know. Sure. Bad whiteboard does a lot of it, and then Don Brower and the kinds of that. I use a lot. I, I don't have any exclusive air blood agents. I try and keep uh, access to everybody. Gary, I've got a question to follow that up then. Has there been a horse that you've watched a race and thought, I want that horse, and it hasn't come through for whatever reason? Is there a horse that has slipped through your fingers? Well, when it said hasn't come there. Yes, there's plenty of them <laughs> because whether it's price or otherwise and uh and you know it just i've been the underbidder on on horses that have done real well and i don't want to disclose it because i don't want to embarrass myself even more i could have popped a, a few bucks more and i would have got it and i to this day it, it irritates me um but i should be thankful i'm blessed i've been fortunate to be able to participate at all levels uh i love it my passion has has only grown it hasn't uh, diminished and so i continue to to look for prospects uh i have a big decision to make on saturday after my horse works whether i want to go in the derby or not and i'll see how he works and then i'll decide whether we go uh to Kentucky, but uh, you're talking about get her, got her number. Is that who you're talking about? Get, get, get her, her number. Get her number. Is that about? Was that get horse named after me? <laughs> yeah. Well, it's by dialed in. I try and you know mix and, and match it, and, and you know <laughs> I, I, how many times I've 
you know, people say, get a number. And so <laughs> we did that. And, uh, well, wait, I, I want to so stop you there and just jump in real quick, Michelle. And I know you have one more question for Gary, but let me just follow that up. This is a rarity because you have a chance to run in the Kentucky Derby. Most people would say, I don't care how the horse works. We're running in the Derby. Why is there a decision here? Oh, because I don't want to, uh, this horse has great potential and I want to make sure. And I told Pete, look, we ran him. It would be three weeks to the Derby. It's his third race off a, uh, on, on, on the comeback. I want to make sure that he's a hundred percent because I don't want to be embarrassed. You know, I'm going to be 40 to one anyhow, but if you look at the photograph sheets, we ran at three. Everybody runs at, threes. You know, Everybody runs threes in exactly. the race. I look. I mean, you're looking at, we had, and we had three with a trouble line. Yeah. And so a lot of improvement. I mean, he got a clog of dirt in his eye on that first turn. If you watch that race, he spun out five wide and, and lost maybe five or six lengths doing that. And if you watch that race carefully, like I would, and people would just dismiss it, he ran a hell of a race. I oh, yeah. mean, it, it was remarkable after that. And so I want to make sure he's got enough of the energy. I've been to the Derby before. I had a very disheartening uh, situation happen with Warville was coming up as it's, it's well, well documented what happened. Yes. Mm -hmm. um, but I don't want to go to the Derby and say I had a horse in the Derby. I'd rather take a different route if he's not 100% or if I don't think he's sitting on go. So, the best way to do it is see his energy level. Um, we'll work him Saturday. We'll check him Sunday morning. And if all go, all systems will go, we'll, we'll go there. And I have, you know, I've got a horse in the Eight Bells. I've got a horse in the Edgewood. So I have other things that I can go and see War Will, which I haven't seen him, which I still own the majority interest that's got at Claiborne. So, mm -hmm. you know, it will be fun to make a trip. But you, you ask, Billy, you know, it costs 50000 to enter, and you don't want to ruin those if you don't think you get a chance to hit the board. Right. Go ahead, Michelle. Uh, Gary, I just want to know, because you do use so many trainers on so many coasts, how do you decide with the horses that you buy and the horses that you breed, where are each of these horses going? Well, I do have – it's a good question, Michelle. So I do have – two principal trainers, East and, and West Coast, and they do a lot of my, at the, I've been very fortunate at the sales with them and, and have this relationship where they will call me, they share with me, I get, you know, sometimes they'll buy a batch like, and I'll, I'll take the whole batch because I don't want to leave one. If, I, if I'm trying to pick something up and miss that, I, so, um, so I have two primary trainers, but when it comes to a horse that we privately purchase, it will depend on the situation. Like Vquist, it was a situation where Butch Reed, I don't have a trainer in, in Pennsylvania. I moved mm -hmm. Boyce to respond and me, which I subsequently saw, but I have a lot of young babies and I was looking for a trainer there. But also I we like giving an opportunity when we buy privately, sometimes the deal is that you gotta keep it with the trainer mm -hmm. or sometimes you don't, but uh, you know I love the setup that that Butch had there, and uh, and we left Vikos with him, right. and the rest is history. Done an amazing two Grade One wins, um, but it, it it really depends, you know, if it's a turf horse where it's coming from, and uh, I I mix it up, and 
you know, I I do have two primary trainers, though, one on the east and one on the west coast. It makes it makes a lot of sense. I, you know, before you jumped on here earlier in the show, Michelle and I were talking about um, Umberto Rispoli and the the decision that John Sadler and Costa and uh, Michael Talia had to make to put Joel Rosario on Rock Your World in the Derby. Have you ever had to make decisions like that? And 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 what's that? What's your approach? Are you a more of a karma guy yes. or? Yeah, I am a karma guy. I mean, so I have had this, even the karma guy where a, a mistake was made and a job was put on who I, I just don't use. I will not do And there are some uh, based on previous experience, but and not many, but some. I want, if they named on the entry box, I will not change it. I just feel that I'm a believer that if that's what it was meant to be, that's what it meant to be. However, I, I've only made changes on a jock. Never out of a, a grade one winning jock have I decided to change it unless there was um, a situation where they they changed on us or uh, it was in a different country. Right. Mm -hmm. And so I have, I'm a, you know, someone wins me a grade one, I'm like jumping over the moon. Unless you have a prearranged agreement, say, look, this is a one-ride fill sure. because that happens. Like, yeah. it happened mm -hmm. with uh, Tyler Gaffleon and, and on, on um, God Stormy. So uh, he got dazed or he couldn't come. I can't remember exactly the circumstance. Oh, I know. The circumstance was where he was I, I rode he rode and won the a race for me a week earlier at Saratoga. I brought him in the Della Rose. I then told Mark crazily and I said if he's if she's doing well, she won so easy, I want to run in the four star days. So I Mark said, but you know, I gave the call to Mrs. Weber for Tyler. I said, Well, you should never take it away. I will never force that on him. But tell Tyler he'll get the ride back after that race no matter what happens and uh, mm -hmm. ricardo santana ran and we won the four-star day coming back on a week's rest but that was pre-arranged and i always try and you know loyalty I, I i'm a big believer in loyalty but each circumstance has its own particular uh, attributes to it so you have to really weigh it up and uh i, I understand john made a very tough decision and i feel for Riskily, and uh, and but it's 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 a tough business, you know. Um, but if I if someone wins me a grade one and can take me to the to the promised land, I, I like that. Yeah, we we all do. <laughs> we all do. Gary, Gary, one last question. I know we've gone over the time a lot, and we appreciate it. But I have a, I have a I have a little bit if you need, but that's fine. Go no, ahead. go. Because uh, I promise, Michelle, I I don't want to. I don't want to shortchange it and then have it. <laughs> <laughs> well, I would, first, I want to know when you come to races, what do you do in between races? He, he handicaps. Oh, yeah, do you handicap oh or do you God. like play other tracks or? Oh, are you that's uh, probably my biggest downfall is that I love handicapping. I'm a pretty good handicapper, and, but I'm a bad gambler. I, I'm a, I, 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 <laughs> that's me. You know, I'm always. I'm always think I can like you know, and my brother's worse because he thinks he can always. He's the home run hitter. He's he's like a grand slammer. I, you know, I love I'll it. play all different things, but uh, you know that's part of the game. In fact, one of the greatest stories of my 
when I handicapped when I was a kid. So before I came to this country, it's not well known. I actually won a handicapping competition in South Africa. And the first prize was two first-class tickets, $10,000 spending money, and a trip to the Arlington Million. Wow. And in 1981, (laughs) so they took the top 20 horses over the last 50 years in South Africa. They ran a computerized simulated race, and you had to pick first, second, third, and fourth, and the time and the distance between the first and second. And out of all the thousands of people and said, I won it, I, I actually cashed my tickets in for, for coach tickets then. The pocket and the money? <laughs> pocketed the money. And I love that it. That was me to move to, to America. No that's way! To that, yeah. That's incredible. That's so, and so I got, then I, I got a transfer from my job, uh, Price Waterhouse in South Africa. I saved that money. And when I came here, I put that money down on the house here in Northridge. And that's how I came here. That is that's worth the that's worth the entire time we've been talking. What a great story. And and, and along those lines, I'm I'm curious, Gary, how would you compare the movie business to the horse racing business? Uh, They got a lot of similarities, you know, uh, I think high risk. Um, You have to lay out money today for a return down the road, especially on Phillies where you you race and then you get, you know, three, four, five years to get a return on your investment. Uh, you, you know, if you, as I said early on in the conversation that if you're an all-star, you're hitting three, you know, 300. Sure. And pretty much the same thing in the horses. If, if two or three out of 10 are, are really cut flat, they'll pay for the others and hopefully give you a little left over so that you can re- replenish and go go after it again and, and get enjoyment out of it. It's, it, How many horses do you have right now, Gary? I, I truly don't know, and I don't want to even <laughs> <laughs> Yes. Uh, I, I, honestly, I don't know. Uh, it's a lot. It's, it's a too lot. Too many, and I'm going to cut down, but I always say that. <laughs> and you never do. Gary, last question. What you've, you've obviously learned a lot since 1982 when you jumped into this game, or 1981 when you just came out here on a women of prayer after winning a handicapping contest. Is there one thing, one piece of advice that you'd give to someone getting into the game um, that, that really has that you have learned over your the last 30 years? Yeah, well, it depends. there are two parts to that. I think the first is you're going to invest, you're going to have a great time, camaraderie, meet great people, and just enjoy it because you got to expect that you're not going to get a return on your money. That That is number one. If you go in with that expectation, if you go in with the expectation, I'm going to kill this, I'm going to show all these people, I've got the secret sauce, you're going to be disappointed. Um, so what I, I would say to people is, you know, make sure this is part of life. You know, if you want to go to a ball game, if you want to go... This is enjoyment time, and, and you're just going to, you know, make sure that that is disposable income, not uh, income that is designed for for your home, your family, your, your school, for your children, whatever. Um, so from my perspective, that's number one. Number two is what we talked about earlier. Don't let the lows take you down too low. Enjoy the ride of the highs. But don't don't think now. Oh, you've solved the puzzle. It's almost like 
I don't play golf anymore. You know, when I hit a great shot, I said, oh, God, I got this game. That guy, I put this in a, put this in a bottle. I know that thing was there. It's just, and then you just hack it up the next time. So I think, um, you know, if you can moderate the, the expectations and the highs and lows uh, and, and learn to be able to forget it quickly after the bad, a bad day where tomorrow the sun will come out and you, you, you'll, you'll move on. Yeah, like, so that's, like a relief pitcher who gives up the, you know, and then he's got to go out the next day. Yeah. No, it's, yeah, like it's Jansen has to. Yeah, <laughs> Jansen, <laughs> I can't believe he's still there. I can't believe it. Uh, uh, yeah. that, Gary, listen, we we so appreciate your time. We're wishing you always the best well, of luck. I think we'll, we'll. This was the best day ever. Oh, <laughs> uh, you know what? I wish you guys. You know, listen. I follow. The good thing is also we want people to meet for other people. I mean, not you know, there's nothing positive comes out of negative like energy so let's you know you know you want to win you want to beat i want to beat you but if you're running and i'm not running i want you to win absolutely well we had we had bill strauss on after his interview and of course he has hot rod charlie so we we have a soft spot in our heart for him now we're rooting for uh get her number we have a lot of interests in the derby and and we hope he works well uh this weekend and you go on and and have a great race and obviously best of luck with all the the hundreds and hundreds of horses we don't know how many we have decided that but uh uh, we, you know you have two fans here, and, and we're rooting for you all the time, and we like Thank seeing you. those pink silks in the winter circle. The pink silks would have given it away, though, Michelle, right? Yeah, for sure. Yeah, for sure. the hot pink and black, yeah. Well, thank you, and I likewise. Uh, good luck to you guys, and uh, see you trackside soon. Absolutely. Yay! All right. Gary Barber here all on right, the Owner's Box. Care. Thanks, Gary. Thank, thank you. you, Gary. Bye-bye. Thanks. Bye. That's uh, Gary that Barber. amazing! How about that, Michelle? Did I pull it off? That was great. I had no idea, and that was <laughs> so glad, Gilly, that it was the true story when you said who's the number one person that you want on, that I, I, it was Gary Barber, right? What if I was like, Bob Hope, and you were like, no, no. no. I feel like, I feel, should the show just end now because we've had Gary on that we've tried for six years and never gotten him on? I mean, like, literally, I was in shock for the first two minutes when he said his name. My, like, whole life just went blank in front of me because I was like, oh, my God, what do you even ask Gary Barber when he finally comes you on know, your show? And I knew you didn't need preparation, um, but the interesting the interesting part is there was a lot of really good insights, insights that we had heard before. The highs and the lows get brought up all the time in our game, and I thought he's you know really smart about it. That you have to you have to move on, you have to forget, and you have to enjoy those those highs when they're there. So when you do see people going crazy. That's why, because we all, the insiders, know how hard this game is. We talk about it all the time, probably on every episode. So it's, uh, it, it, I, you know, I appreciate guys like Gary. He's obviously a, a Goliath in this industry, um, you know. And and it's when you hear it, you may not, you know, people may not um, know Gary Barber personally, okay, and people may have an opinion of Gary Barber personally, but when you hear him talk about the passion that he has for horse racing, you have to be a fan. You, you can't, you, you can't, you know what I'm saying? He's, he's doing a lot. He's joining boards. He's getting involved. He's making suggestions, mm-hmm. all those kind of things. Um, I think it's, I think it's really, I, I don't know. I thought it was great. That was great. I thought it was great. Super. Well, Michelle, what else do we have going on? I know we have something coming up for that we need to talk about for um, the In the Money podcast, right? Or 
Definitely. Just want to uh, first of all mention that the LTN Global is a new partner for us and they offer innovative TV product services that help racetracks raise their profile, um, bringing TV tricks from other sports into horse racing, which I think is genius and needed, right? We, we talk all the time, like how can we grab excitement, entertainment or certain things from other sports? So LTN Global is going to do that. And I think it'll be a great way to help create and distribute content. So hopefully uh, some racetracks get on board with that. And you can visit uh, ltnglobal.com to learn more about that. Fantastic work, Michelle. Thank you, as always. Thanks to Gary Barber. Thanks to TaylorMade Stallions. And thanks to the In The Money Podcast Network. Uh, they've been great partners so far. And uh, Michelle, we have a big week coming up. Um, next week is Derby Week. I, you're going to be all over the place. I think I'm going to see you. Uh, Philip Shelton told me about some handicapping seminar you're doing in Lexington. Yeah, yes. I'm coming to Lexington to do a handicapping seminar for our friends at TaylorMade. And uh, some of the other guys from In The Money are going to be there as well. Also, it is a great time to... Head over to inthemoneypodcast.com forward slash email to sign up for their emails. They're doing all kinds of crazy things. I was a part this week of their monster pod where they go in depth about every single horse in both the Oaks and the Derby. So highly recommend uh, going on, either finding that or signing up for the email and it'll come right to your box. Was there a reason I wasn't invited to the handicapping seminar? Do you know? Yeah, they only want smart people. That, <laughs> that makes a ton of sense. I am just like Gary Barber. <laughs> Great handicapper, terrible better. So, uh, yeah. You know what? Like, I am such a bad, like, ticket constructor. I'm, like, on numerous occasions. They're like, Michelle, you had to pit, right? That was every top pick. I'm like, yeah, I threw off all my top picks. (laughs) Why? I don't know. Looking for the price. (laughs) Are you you staying at my house? No, I I got a hotel and I couldn't change the uh, the thing. It was the cancellation fee for doing it at any time after I bought it because I bought it through like Hotwire okay. was like 90% of what I paid because I was only there for one night. All right. Well, you're only there for one night? Two nights. Yeah. No, two nights. All right. Well, yeah, I will see nights, you. Just make nights, sure sorry. you hit me. I'll be in Lexington on Monday. So let's make sure yes, we hook I'm up. I'm going to let you buy me breakfast. You got it, kid. All right, everybody. Thank you for listening again. Thanks, Gary Barber. Thank we appreciate it. Thank you for getting you. Gary. That was a great birthday gift. You got You got It's your birthday? No, my birthday is May 3rd, but like in advance. Okay. Almost happy birthday to Michelle. Love everybody for listening. Thank you. Talk to you soon. Bye.